Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 31 of Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today, wherever you're listening in from in the world. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, before we get on to today's podcast, which is brilliant, by the way, I just wanted to quickly touch on the fact that, yes, this is International Women's Health Week here on the show, but today is also Are You OK Day as well, which is a cause very close to my heart. It does seem a little bit odd that we need to designate a day to check in with a mate or a family member to see how they are going, but I guess with all the craziness in the world at the moment with the pandemic and how it's affecting people's jobs and lives, that question is now more important today than it's ever been. So join me today in reaching out to a friend and loved one and asking how they are going. While I'm at it, don't just do it today, do it once a week. I think checking in with people can sometimes make the world of difference. And whilst you might not know it, it definitely does to them. And giving them someone to talk to and open up to can really help. While I'm at it, I just want to give a massive shout out to Gus Wallen and his team at Gotcha for Life. I think they do an amazing job in and around mental health and are constantly going around meeting people at work and, and asking the questions, are you okay? I, I think it's brilliant. I think they're unsung heroes in my book and, and I just want to put it out there that thank you very much to Gus and the Gotcha for Life team and the incredible work that you guys continue to do. Now, on to today's amazing podcast, as I said, and our amazing guest, which is Australia's, one of Australia's, sorry, best open water champions and Olympian, Miss Chelsea Gubecker. So quickly text a friend or family member and ask how they are going. Pour yourself a drink and get ready because my amazing chat, once again, as it said, with Chelsea Gubecker starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Nuggen's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Phelps in the black hats, and Phelps is bullets. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe to Thorpe, Thorpe today on the show is an Aussie athlete that has dominated women's open water swimming in Australia for the last six years. She's an Olympian from 2016 in Rio and has been named Australian Open Water Swimmer of the Year three times. It is a big welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to Chelsea Gubecker. Chelsea, how you going, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. We're just talking before. I finally put the daughter down for a nap. I've been chasing her around all morning, so I'm a bit tired. I've had to have a couple of coffees just to keep up with her. What about yourself? What have you been up to today? Oh, not a whole lot. I did a bit of gym this morning, cleaning the house a little bit, nothing too crazy. (laughs) And then you're off to training um, once we finish this. What does a, a typical Thursday afternoon session look like for you? Uh, Thursday afternoon's pretty hard for us, so I think I've got a mix of 200s, some 100s, and some 50s efforts this afternoon, so mm. should be good fun. <laughs> how, how did it feel when you got back in? I know um, everyone's had different breaks, depending on where you live in Australia and how long you had to stay out for, but once you first got back in, how did you feel? Did, was it easier or harder than you thought it would be? To be honest, I actually feel like the three-month break helped me so much. Um, I had a few different focuses. I did a little bit more open water swimming, which I mean, that is my main discipline, but uh, I normally train all, like all my effort is in the pool. So I did more open water. I did some gym work, um, went on long walks. I have a dog, so that was perfect. Um, And yeah, just had that little shift in focus. Um, So we had three months out of the water technically. And yeah, I hopped back in. I'm, already back i made a pb on tuesday we did a suit up session and yeah. i went 100 100 freestyle and a 50 freestyle pb so oh, nice. I just um my sprints are going well or if um across the board is but i'm excited to get back into racing soon and then i guess that break just gave your body time to you know heal any any sort of injuries or not major injuries but little niggles and that sort of stuff and refresh yourself to get back in Yeah, I think so. I think it was more of a mental thing as well, just to appreciate what we have and how much um, enjoyment swimming can bring. Um, And I think that just goes across the board with 
all the athletes, um, not necessarily myself, but like you say, it definitely uh, physically healed the body, but I think mentally as well, it definitely would have done some healing too. You mentioned there you did a bit of training, you know, while you couldn't get in the pool. What did you get up to? Um, I tried to keep swimming at least four to five times a week, so not too much. But I made sure, like I still did some dry land every day just to keep fit, some sort of skipping. I have free weights at home, so I did some weights. Um, nothing too heavy or crazy. I don't want to, you know, bulk up too much with <laughs> open water swimming. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, just some really long walks. So we've got a really nice loop um, in Brisbane where we just walk around the city, go into South Bank, up to Kangaroo Points, nearly a 10K walk or so. Yeah. Um, so we, we do that most days if not every day as well what sort of dog you got you go back to the dog you said you had a puppy a dog what do you got i have a mini dash hound and his name's chorizo i didn't oh. name my partner <laughs> um and he's nearly one he's um one on one in august so it's really exciting um we love him so much he brings us so much joy <laughs> <laughs> yeah take the mini dash hound on the 10k walk do you those little legs bloody couldn't go past way 2k Gosh, no, that'd be a bit of abuse, wouldn't it? No. We are, he, he can uh, hold himself for about 3K before he starts getting a little bit tired. So, you know, we try and keep him fit, keep him lean because um, with dash hounds, their backs get pretty pretty sore if they get a little bit heavy. So we don't mm. want him to be in pain. Being a mini dash hound, would it be easy enough just to pick up and keep walking with though? Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pretty light. He's, he's a good... <laughs> He'll keep walking. He's a trooper. <laughs> Easier than my blood. I've got a um, a staffy, um, and he's just piled on the kilos lately. So I, I would, anytime we go for a walk and he gets tired, he just lays down. That's it. <laughs> he just gives up. He just lays down. I think, oh come on, mate, because I can't pick you up. That is a lot of weight <laughs> training to pick up and, and walk uh, home with. It'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, talk to me about. Um, you know, I know obviously we're open water swimming and, and involved in swimming, but as a youngster, I know, you know, surf was a big thing for you guys. What other sports were you involved in growing up? Yeah, so I did a lot of different things. Um, swimming was my number one along with surf life saving. So they were probably my top two kind of choices. Um, and then I also participated in gymnastics. Um, so I think that's why I'm like a naturally strong woman is because yeah. I did gymnastics when I was younger. Um, I was also a dancer. I did four disciplines. I was tap, ballet, jazz, and hip hop. Um, not that I can dance now, so don't <laughs> ask questions. Of and um, I did a little bit of soccer as well, uh, both through the school and I played a little bit outside of school as well. How'd you manage all of that? Like I know um, as a coach, I definitely encourage all of my swimmers to a certain age anyway, to make sure they're still playing other sports, whether it's soccer, netball, footy, whatever it might be. But it's always hard to manage your training and your school and everything around that. How'd you find it? Yeah, it was pretty difficult. But I think once you have that routine down pat, it becomes normal. And for me, I thought it was normal for everyone just to be doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I was swimming in the mornings, uh, I'd get up, I'd train. Um, I'd be able to go home because I'm very lucky to live so close to home. Um, and then I would go to school. Um, and then from school, I'd pretty much be in the car and I'd be zoomed off to gymnastics or, you know, zoomed off to dance or whatever it may be. So um, everything was quite local for me within five minutes from my house or from my school. So um, I didn't have the problem of traveling anywhere. It was great. <laughs> Do you have any heroes growing up? Anyone you looked up to that sort of inspired you? Yeah. Um, Susie O'Neill's a pretty big inspire, inspiration to me. Um, you know, I didn't, I was too young for the Sydney Olympics, so I didn't really get to watch. I was two, but, um, looking back on some of the swims she did is just unbelievable. And all the events that she did, it reminds me similar to my program. Like I always did a million different events, not at that level, not, not at that Olympic level, but you know, just going to state titles or even nationals and just competing in two or three events a day um, really reminded me of her. And um, I still see her face at Yeronga Pool. She comes in and has a yeah, swim. Yeah, I saw she was in, was it yesterday, the day before? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she um, put up a photo being at Yeronga Pool and she comes and checks us out and, you know, likes to keep up with what we're doing. So it's pretty, pretty special. How does she go in the pool these days? I would assume she'd still be 
pretty fit. I don't want to race her ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's um she's amazing. She's still super fit, still fast, and like I said, I don't want to race her never. <laughs> she she strikes me as someone, and I haven't had her on the podcast yet, and hopefully one day I will. But um, I think she would still have that um, competitive nature in her that if you did push oh, off right next to her, I think she's, <laughs> you're kidding yourself if you don't think she's trying to beat you. Yeah, no, I, I don't <laughs> want to research. Like, yeah, like I said, I think she, um, she'd be very competitive. Um, and yeah, she's super fast, super fit and a lovely woman. Yeah, absolutely. A legend. Now, when did swimming start getting a bit more competitive for you though? I know obviously doing surf and, uh, and swimming as well. Did, did it start to take a turn at some stage? Yeah, definitely. So I, I was 12 when I made my first national, like Australian age. So that was only an age group championship, but I went there and I, I was um, on the younger side. So it was a 12 to 13 year age group. Um, so there wasn't many 12 year olds that could make it because it was yeah. all about you know, making sure the 13 year olds could. Um, but I ended up winning a gold 800 freestyle. I think I won. And then I got a silver and a bronze as well. So this is my first nationals and I'm sitting here going, this is awesome. Like, I can't believe I've just won the whole thing mm. or at least that one event. Um, and you know, I still had my foot in the surf life saving and I'd go to States and, you know, I'd win a bunch of medals there. I'd do my team events. I'd, uh, individual, I'd win the iron, win the swim. I wouldn't be uh, in the board or anything. I'd, you know, be midfield in the board, but you know, everything else is awesome. And, you know, it just got to a point I was 13 and I just remember going swimming's where, where it's at. Like I want to go to the Olympics and I yeah. watched London 2012. I vividly remember watching and seeing open water swimming come up on the TV. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> this looks awesome. And, um, Melissa Gorman was swimming there and, uh, Kai Hurst as well in the mail. And I remember just watching it going, this is unreal. I have to try this. And there was a state titles maybe a month or two after that Olympics. And I competed there and I won it. And I went like one hour 58 for a 10 K. So, and in comparison, like we do that now at, you know, the elite level, like, you know, it very much, it varies, but yeah. you know, one hour 50 and two hours is pretty normal. So I basically time trialed the 10 K and went one hour 58 um, at 13 or 14 or however old I was. And I thought this was awesome. I was, you know, I was good at it. I was used to the outdoors being from a surf background. I could swim because of a pool background. And I thought this is great. So no, it, that was definitely my turning point for sure. As a youngster, did you ever struggle with anything? It sounds like, you know, you did pretty well when you first started, as you say, 12 and you're already kicking goals. But was there any sort of nerves that you had to overcome at a national level? Maybe nutrition, you had to start getting right up your sessions, although I don't know if you would have been someone who would have been missing your sessions. Prehab type yeah. stuff, like was there little things along the way that we know now at an elite level where you've got to get this stuff mm. right to be at your best? But what, what lessons did you learn? Yeah, so I but I did prehab. I went to a physio at the age of 10. Um, be, and not, you know, my parents were really, really good looking that up really quickly going, okay, you're doing a lot. You need to start looking after your body. So from 10, I was doing like band exercises with the shoulders yeah. and just making sure everything's loose. Um, and yeah, like that, that sort of stuff really helped with nutrition. Um, again, mum and dad always cooked the meals. We ate very health, like very healthy. I'd always bring my own lunch to school. Um, no sharing of course, cause I'm a hungry person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so like we had a big awareness as to, you know, what, what to put in our body, how to look after the body from a very young age. And even the coaches that I had when I was younger were very protective of that but also they knew that if I was going to be successful I needed to pump in some of the kilometers especially you know it also helped when it came to the open water time so mm. um yeah I was doing I was doing a lot but also I was making sure that you know everything was looked after Mate, obviously you're known for open water swimming but what were some of your favorite events to race in the pool um I still love the pool side um and I'm trying to get back into it now that I'm a little bit older but I was always good at a 200 fly um, and I was always good at a 400 medley as an age group swimmer. I'd always go to nationals and 
like I'd be top three. Um, same with the 800, I'd always be top three, but you know, we're, we're competing with some really good girls in that distance, uh, regime now in the eight and 1500. So, you know, it, it will be hard to kind of get back to a standard that they're at. Um, but I mean, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that two fly and 400 medley. Um, and I still try and keep up some butterfly work because I find it's a really good fitness, uh, stroke for me. Um, mm. It gets my heart rate up, especially I am as well. I do a session and it's on the board. I would hundreds or two hundreds. I am continuous for that thousand, just because I know my heart rate will go up to one sixty compared to if I just do a nice easy thousand and my heart rate's at one twenty. So mm. it, yeah, for me, if I feel good or you know feel like I need to be a little bit fitter, that's something that I try and incorporate. So is that your goal for next year as well, mate? Obviously the open water, we, we know you're going to get stuck into that and have a crack, but do you want to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're still getting in the pool next year at trials and things like that and, and doing the best you can there as well? Yeah, for sure. So the Olympics have already been selected for the open water girls side. So Karina Lee has already qualified for that one for Tokyo 21. And that's also like, she's done such a great job and we've yep. been, rivals for so many years we used to train together um and I actually made the 2016 team over her so it was out of us two and she missed out unfortunately but you know now she's got her chance to have a go which is absolutely amazing and Mm. you know we're all behind her 100% we know she's going to do some amazing things um so for me I'm hoping uh I can get stuck into a little bit of pool swimming I'm still going to you know, go to nationals, do some open water because that's obviously what I'm known for. It's my main event and, you know, I like to win. So I'll give, give it everything I've got and I'm training really, really hard. But um, Tono Fly is probably one of the events I'd like to target. But even just getting better at my distance freestyle because I know, you know, if I can do a fast 800 and that'll, you know, then uh, correlate to a nice 10k the last you know thousand is very very crucial in that um 10k so mm. getting faster there would be awesome now mate i spoke to you earlier about this and anyone that listens to the podcast knows anytime i've had an open water swimmer on how much of a fan i am of open water swimming because to me i think you know what you guys do both in training and in competitions is amazing and and it, it i think open water swimming for me sometimes is um, it gives the little guy a chance too. It's not just, you know, um, you're in your own lane and, and you either beat yourself at this stage. You know, there's, there's people everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's the toughest, it's the smartest, it's the fittest. It's, it's all of those things rolled into one. So I love it. And I'm always trying to encourage my swimmers to try it, but that doesn't always mm-hmm. go down well, similar to like parents telling their kids something and they say, oh, coach, can you tell them? Because the kids don't listen to me. Same thing here. The kids don't really listen to me. So if I was going to take my coaching hat off for a second, and give it to you. What, um, what words of advice would you have to try and get uh, younger swimmers involved and not necessarily involved to, to be the best, but just to have a go and try it and enjoy it? Look, I think, I think it's all about knowing that you're outside. Um, I, I love being outside and being able to swim out in the sun. Um, you know, you go to Chandler or any of those big complexes and you're stuck inside chlorine air, you come out, you're, burnt from the chlorine and you know you could be burnt from the sun well you don't have to be if you put sunscreen on be safe yeah yeah. you know if you're how good is it having the numbers just burnt into your back for like a week you have a tattoo for the next two months (laughs) exactly (laughs) no but i I don't know i love it i love the the battle it is to you know go through the waves or you know have a game plan that isn't just you know go down fast and come back faster. You know, mm. it's, it's, you know, this lap you got to do, you know, you got to go easier. This lap I want you to start building. And, you know, it's just different terminology and it's so much fun. I, I, I love swimming next to people. I'm very much someone that likes to eyeball, you know, next to someone or have someone to chase. Yeah. And I get to do that in the pool, but, you know, with the open water, you're all on top of each other. And I, I don't know, I find that really, really fun. Just that aspect of, you know, being right up close and personal next to someone. And it's, you know, an absolute dogfight to the finish. It's, it's really, really fun. And, mm. you know, I think having that mongrel or something, like it's something that just burns inside of you. And I think everyone has something along those lines inside of them. It's just, you know, 
trying to bring that forward and, you know, make it present because it is, it is very important. Mm. Mate, you mentioned before 2013, you made uh, world champs for Spain. You're so mm-hmm. young. What, what was that experience <laughs> uh, like over there in Barcelona? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I was 14 though. So <laughs> I was really young and um, they treated me like an adult, which is really, really cool. Um, so, you know, not, I, not that I had to fend for myself. I still had people that I checked in with and made sure that I was okay. Cause it was my first team. It was my first, you know, race internationally. Um, so it was pretty exciting and being able to dive off the platform into the water with, you know, 60, 70 other women, it was just brutal because, you know, I'm just this little girl, this puny thing next to these women who are like twice my size, <laughs> both width and height, you know, they're just massive. Um, but yeah, it's just very different racing. And I'd only swum, I think, three times in a 10K before. So this was my fourth swim and I, I had no idea what I was expecting. I went over there and I was like, I'm going to win it. <laughs> you know, that, that was the kind of mentality I had because I thought I was, you know, I thought I was awesome. So mm. I was unbeatable in, you know, in Australia. I'd won the national title. I won the state title. And I'm just like, yeah, I could probably go and win this too, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I ended up 30th there and I'm very grateful for that experience. I thought, you know, for the limited knowledge that I had of, you know, racing an international competition, I thought I did pretty well. <laughs> did you cop a bit of argy-bargy over there in that race? I can imagine that no one looked at you and went, oh, she's 14, let's just, um, you know, don't worry, let's let her go, don't worry about her. Or did you, did you cop oh, a bit? Yeah, I remember diving in and I was kind of like sort of up the front, not really, maybe like third or fourth row for a while. And then all of a sudden I was just spat out the back. <laughs> and I just I don't even remember how, like it was just, you know, you'd go around a can and there was like nine turns a lap. Like it was chaos. Every turn was mayhem. We went in like this dog shaped course thing and it was just brutal. And I just kept getting spat out the back and I'd work so hard. I'd get up the front and then I'd get spat out again after 200 meters, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it was just very different. I wasn't, you know, I had no knowledge of, how to race it properly and hence why I got dropped and I was a minute behind but you know that that's something I had to learn and I I did learn over the course of that year and the next year and got that little bit better (laughs) what was the water like um because I know I've I've been to Spain and when we went swimming it was bloody warm in that water it was actually like a it was like it was heated how was it for you well, we swam in a harbour, so it wasn't actually the greatest. It was quite dirty. Um, yeah, the I beach, that too. Gorgeous. We loved the beach. We'd yeah. be there every day. Um, but, yeah, we swam in the, in the harbour, and they actually pulled up one of the bridges so we could swim under it and kind of loop around. So it was really good for spectating. Um, and I had my auntie there who lives over there. Um, so it was really nice to have some support from my family there. And, um, yeah, it, it wasn't exactly the nicest. It rained a couple of nights before there was storms. So the water was quite dirty, but you know, with open water, we do have to get used to swimming in places we may not want to. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Now mate, most definitely a highlight in your career was 2016 and going to your first Olympics in Rio. Um, I think you were 17 at that time yeah um you know so often you know we hear about the pool swimmers experience here on the podcast but you know it's different obviously for open water athletes because I, I wouldn't imagine you're diving in with a stand full of 10 15 thousand people you know screaming so what what was your experience like um at those olympics yeah it was a really interesting um like i'm very much used to the surf life saving thing so going there was quite similar you know we had to do a walk out into the like into the ocean because we swam at Copacabana Beach. Um, so we walked in and they had people lined up on either side and it was just, you know, it wasn't as big as what I thought it would have been. Um, I thought there would be more people, but also who would want to watch a 10K. I think you're crazy if you're going to stand there for two hours watching. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people for the finish, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we just did a whole walk in, whereas normally, you know, you start on a pontoon at these major meets. So, you know, we did a water start instead, which, you know, I I was okay with that, but Mm. it just, it it was just different. You know, we're so used to the world championships and we dive in and it's a big thing and there's a big grandstand, but no, it wasn't really a 
grandstand of sorts. It was just a, um, just a walk-in. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really fun meet. And, um, you know, even the exit was interesting. Like we climbed up this massive ladder from the water and we're on this pontoon and then we got escorted by buggy to, uh, to our little, to our little section where the athletes hang out. So we could, you know, obviously, you know, recover and try and, you know, make sense of everything. So no, it was definitely a different experience, but super, super fun. How do you look back on your results from there? Yeah, I, I, I'm in two mindsets because my qualification was three months prior to the Olympics. So the whole making it and once I made it, like, yes, I wanted to do well and I wanted to, you know, try my very best and I did, but, you know, I almost felt as like now looking back that my job was done when I qualified and obviously it wasn't like I, I tried my best and I wanted to succeed and, you know, I had goals of, you know, certain things that I wanted to do. Um, but I came 15th at the Olympic games. And although like, I'm so proud to have the opportunity to go and race there and experience it, you know, I am that little bit guarded that, you know, yes, I was 17 was I too young? You know, did I understand what it really meant? Probably not. You know, like now looking back, I'm like, bloody hell, like, you know, I could have done so, you know, so much more, but, um, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I obviously a different person now than I was four years ago, you know? Mm. So hence why, you know, that fire is still lit in my belly to keep going because I know what I'm capable of. I've, I've been doing this for so long and I know that, if I do make another Olympic games, it, you know, I now have that understanding, but I think it was, yeah, I think I just got caught up in the moment. I was just so overwhelmed. Not that that's, you know, I'm not making excuses at all, but yeah. it's, a, um, you know, a nice learning curve now that I know that I can't, you know, everything has to be precise. And although I thought it was at the time, I think there was ways that I could have, you know, improved my performance. Well, absolutely. And I think experience is everything. And, and mm. you said there, you know, you're going to be bigger and, and stronger and better for it, you know, the next time you're in that situation. But uh, you're not alone. Mm. There's so often, you know, you hear the percentages of athletes, um, you know, on the Australian team that, you know, make the team and they've done massive PBs. They're on the, in the team, they go to Olympics and then they, you know, fall short of that mark. They don't really, you know, better the mark or or improve yeah. it, which is why they've made changes to trials and all that sort of stuff now. But um, I definitely think, as I said, you're not alone in that in that yeah. respect. There's a lot of people that get there and they celebrate making it and then they kind of, not clock off, but it's kind of, you're not as hungry yeah. by the time you're there because you're there. That's probably the way, for sure. Mm. Hey, one of the things I love uh, about open water racing, as I've said, is the unpredictable nature of it. Um, so many different things to navigate during your race with the conditions, with the pack, with feeding, all this sort of stuff. Give us a little insight into your race plan, say for a 10 K mm -hmm. and you know, is it always, do you have like plan A, B, C, D, E, depending on what the, you know, as you, we've said, look, it could just be horrible conditions. You could, you know, yeah. it could be too warm. Cause I've, I know talking to the boys temperature and all that sort of stuff plays its part as well. Yeah. So with me, I try to go in with a couple of plans. Um, but like you say, it's so unpredictable that, um, you know, plans get thrown out the window. So I really have to make decisions on the spot. And, you know, a, a good example, I guess, is even some of the nationals that I've done, probably biggest one would be in 2019, um, when I wasn't 100% fit. And I went in, and I knew that I wasn't fit. I just knew I had to drag off certain people. And I picked like two or three people in my head and just went, right, these are the people I'm going to stick with. And, you know, obviously I had my plan A, I couldn't keep up, ditch mm. that. I had my plan B, couldn't <laughs> keep up, ditch that. And then I was just kind of in a position where I had to count back. And I went, okay, how many Aussies are in front of me? Because we had so many international athletes. Yeah. So I'm counting and I'm like, okay, Karina's up front. Um, a couple of the girls, my sister's gone. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to the top four to make it. So I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope I'm fourth. <laughs> and um, turns out, yeah, I, I got third in the race. So, uh, like, as an Aussie, not overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, just having a plan as to how you're feeling on the day is really important to me 
And of course, like I go in and I'm like, yep, I want to be second or third row for as long as I can. I pick certain people that I like to sit with. And obviously I look at the start list beforehand and have a think about, you know, who's going to kind of be where I want to be and kind of follow them a little bit, Mm. not necessarily follow their game plan, but just go, okay, for this first five laps out of a six lap race, I'm going to stick with this person and I'm going to try my best to get up front. I want the best chance. Yeah, like it, you got to get caught up in the pack or get caught up sticking on someone for so long and then they just blow and then that, that's it. Yeah. Um, then you've got people that sit right at the back and, you know, move forward within 500 metres. Like it's just, it, it can get a bit overwhelming and that was something that I had to learn just to calm down. Um, you know, and if I am not in the position that I want to be, just to relax and find someone at the back that's just going to make me relaxed and make me feel like I'm swimming easy because our pace is normally about that 110, 112 per 100. So, you know, it, it's still quite solid, fast, but, you know, you got to make that easy and have some energy at the end. I've always thought of uh, open water in terms of what you were just saying there. Uh, as like boxing and not obviously with the fighting <laughs> side of it, but everyone's always got a plan when they get in the ring until they get punched in the face. Right. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you've got to think on the spot and you've got to come up with, with another plan. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I find open water swimming is a bit of a mixture of swimming and boxing a little bit because yeah. it is, it is such a fight. And you know, when you want a certain position, three other people want that same position. Yeah. And you know, if you don't get your way, yeah, you gotta you gotta rethink not necessarily a whole strategy, but just go, okay, can I settle for this spot instead? Or, you know, am I better off sitting back a little bit more? It just depends on the race and how fast it is too, who's there. Um, normally when the Americans are there, you know, it's gonna be a fast race. Um, it, more European style race, it's probably gonna be a little bit slower because they sit more at the back. Mm. Some of the good at the back so really you got to know your competition and you just got to figure out kind of a game plan yes beforehand but also when you're in the water you got to just be thinking on your feet and you know that's where that coach athlete relationship really has to be trusted you know the coach has to trust you that you're making the right decision and you know you've got to trust the coach and you know in making sure that you know, they believe in you and they're there with your feed when you want it to be. And cause you just never know, you never know what, what it's going to be like. Now, open water swimming here in Australia is in pretty good shape at the moment. As I said, mm. you know, Karina Lee, we know is, is on her way to the Olympics and yourself is out there at the top as well. But we've got so many, you know, young, fast guys and girls coming through, which mm. to be fair, I think you can take a bit of credit for that as well. Just being out in front and leading in, in the last six years and inspiring these young girls and guys coming through. How exciting is it, you know, for open water in Australia at the moment and where it's at and, and you know, the, the wealth of talent coming through. And also for you, I, don't, I know you're not overly old, but you've been around for a while. So how, how, yeah. important, you know, how exciting <laughs> is it for you racing these youngsters, you know, like your sister coming up yeah. and pushing yeah. yourself even harder? Yeah, so Chloe and I, my sister and I, used to train together for, well, until I moved down to Brisbane. So, you know, we had that really great relationship. You know, we tried not to take swimming home, but also when we were at the pool, like it was on, you know, we were rivals. It was all yeah. about the swimming. Um, and we were really good at that. And, you know, she's beaten me twice. I've been counting. She's beaten <laughs> me twice. Um, she beat me at the open water championships in 2019, the Australian open water champs. And she beat me in Doha. So the first world cup of that year as well. So she's, she's been training so hard. And I, I, I think it would have been hard for her as well to grow up in a household. And I'd already done these amazing things. And, you know, maybe it's the expectation that she had to follow in the footsteps or, you know, must go to an Olympics or, you know, beat me or whatever it may be. Like, so I, I give her a lot of credit because I think it would, I don't know how I'd be able to do it, you know, being tables turned and she would be the older one. It would be really, really hard. So, you know, she's done really well, but yeah, open water swimming for the girls and guys is really, really strong. Um, you know, we've got Karina who's been around for nearly as long as I have as well. She made the team in 2014 um, I've been around, my sister's been there, Mackenzie as well, um, 
another one from Kiwana. She, we've tra- trained together for many, many years. Um, and then even the younger, again, you've got Jacqueline, you've got uh, Fenella, you've got a couple of those girls. Fenella trains with Karina, I train with Jacqueline. And um, both of those girls are set to do good things, hopefully make the um, junior world team next year, um, providing all goes ahead. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's really exciting and there's some really fast girls out there as well that are just, you know, whether they're too scared or they're just not willing to try open water, but you know, it it is an avenue to take, you know, it's, it's not necessarily easier. I don't want to say easier, but, um, just a qualification process, maybe a little less stressful because we do have hurdles to jump through I don't know I find it a little less stressful rather than going you have to hit this time or you don't make the team for the year you know so I don't know I like I just I love the healthy rivalry we have really good banter when we're on the team together um you know and the boys are awesome too there's probably like eight boys that I'd just go wow like I don't know who would win on any day of the week you know it's just it's really exciting in Australia and I hope that Um, you know, in the future we can crack on and, you know, get some wins under our belt going to world championships and possibly Olympics. That'd be really cool. How do you go with your sister competition wise? Is it all love? Is there a bit of banter? I mean, you mentioned she got you, was it last year? Do you, do you go, Oh, you got me, but you know, I haven't been that well and I'm sort of building my (laughs) way back. So it wasn't at my best. So you can have that one. Oh yeah. Look, I, I, I'm really proud of her. Like, like I said, like she's probably had it really hard as well. And you know, I haven't really come to that realization until probably when I moved down here going, geez, it must've actually been super hard, um, you know, growing up with someone like myself, but, um, not giving myself any credit, but yeah, she, yeah, she's trained so, so hard. I think she's more dedicated than I am. Um, and I really hope she goes and does amazing things, but there's always nothing but love for Chloe. Um, Yeah. And same, like I've got another younger brother, Colby and all three of us just have, um, have this banter and we all, um, just not necessarily compare each other and go, ha, I beat you today. But it's almost like that as well in, in, in that joking, loving way, just going, yep. Like, you know, step up your game. I beat you. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I can't do it so much now that I don't live there, but, um, you know, when we get to a race, it's really fun just to, sort of poke that little bit without hurting one's feelings. So, mm. um, you know, you just never know what someone's going through on the day. And, you know, we just try and make sure we have that healthy rivalry and be happy for each other, no matter what the result is. Absolutely. It's always a bit of fun, man. I don't know, like for you guys, <laughs> but I've got, um, you know, three, three other brothers and, and I'll still bring up mm. if we played golf two years ago that I beat one of them, or if we did something, <laughs> I'll still bring it up. It doesn't bother me. It's yeah. love. It's loving, <laughs> yeah. but it's- it's funny to just bring it back up and just go, no, oh, I beat you too. And they still get angry about it as if it just happened. Oh, yeah. 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 It's that sibling rivalry. It's, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, mate, talk to me about training. Cause I, I think when it comes to open water, a lot of people are under the you know presumption that you guys are just getting smashed with kilometers and maybe you were, or maybe you're not now. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll chat yeah. about now. What, what sort of kilometers are you clocking up during say the toughest part of your training block yeah so when i was younger so i i had a interesting start to swimming and i don't recommend for anyone at the age of 10 11 12 to be doing what i was doing but i was doing 70k a week um, at 10 11 12 yeah then 13 14 i moved to a short course pool and my K's went up again. So I was doing, well, on an average, it'd be 90 to 100. But the biggest week I've ever done was 140K. In, in that a short course pool. Yeah, yeah. So and you didn't I mean, get dizzy at all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, no, but we, yeah. So that was the biggest week I had. And that week we did 10, uh, 14 sessions a week, 10K a session. It was like religious. You'd come in, you'd do it, you'd go home. Um, that was during school as well. So I still had to go to school and, you know, it, it was big. Um, but that was only a one-off. So everyone thinks, you know, oh, wow, she did that much the whole time. Like, no, it was just a one-off just to see if we could do it. And yep. we did. And I brag about it to this day. <laughs> um, and then it kind of settled down after that. So I moved back to a long course pool and um, I ended up just doing that 
like 70, 80K a week. Um, we'd build up to like 90 sometimes if we were really needing to grind. Um, and then when I moved down to Brisbane, Rob Vanderzant, the coach at Yoronga, um, he sat me down and said, now we don't do as many Ks here. It's not, you know, it's not because we don't like open water because we do and we've got some open water swimmers here. It's just, you know, this is all about finding yourself. This is about being a good person. It's also about, you know, getting fast again. You've already got the Ks in the, you know, in the bank. You're okay. You don't mm. need as much aerobic. And it took me so long to kind of trust his program. Yeah. So now I ended up doing about 65K a week, but it's mostly quality. It's really quality based. And I still do a couple of 8K sets in there. Um, but, you know, then I substitute some other sets where I'm only doing 4K. Mm. And, you know, it's taken me a long time just to go, okay, like I need to, tr I need to trust this because in order to swim fast, you know, you need to trust in the process that you're going through. Um, so yeah, it did probably take me a good six months when, once I moved down here to actually trust it. And once I did, yeah, like I'm definitely starting to see the results come through and, you know, my techniques changed, my swimming's changed, like my mental state's changed about swimming itself. Um, it's just a big thing. So like, I'm, I love the person that I am today and I wish that I was that person five years ago, but you know, you live and you learn and you grow as a person. Well, mate, I, I absolutely agree with you in, in terms of where you're at, because I mentioned to you before we started that just seeing you at the moment on Instagram, you look as happy, as healthy, as sort of, you don't look like there's a lot of things on top of you in terms of on your shoulders. You just seem like you're, you know, ticking the boxes as you go, but you're enjoying your life. So I think it's definitely agreeing with you at the moment. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'm just super happy. And I think that's the environment that I've surrounded myself with. I've got a, you know, a loving home to come home to with my partner and my dog. And, you know, I've got a great coach. Um, I've got some good mentors behind me. Mum and dad are 100% supportive of what we do. And, you know, it, it, it's just nice to have all that support around, you know, and not that I have ne never had that. I have, but, you know, it's just something so different that I'm just not used to. Mm. Now, where do you go? I'm interested in terms of mentally. Where do you go mentally during a, a tough set that's, say, eight or nine Ks that's pretty grueling? I spoke to Rebecca Adlington the other day, great um, UK distance swimmer, Olympic champion. Grant Hackett I spoke to as well, and they both agreed that, you know, distance swimmers are a little bit different in the way they can sort of absorb, you know, things mentally and keep going. And not only keep going, but go, what else have you got? Like, as you mentioned before, like you think of that um, was 110 Ks and you look at it as like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I did that. Like it's a, yeah. a challenge that you're ready to accept. You know, yeah. where do you go mentally in, in, a, in a long distance set where you've got to keep up on the pace? Like it's not long distance as if it's boring. You're still, you know, busting your backside each lap. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I love it. I I don't. I, I was trying to explain it to someone the other day because they're like one of the people that I train with. They're a hundred, two hundred swimmer, mm. and they're like, I don't know how you do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't do another nine point nine, and I'm like, I don't. I, I can't tell you what it's like, but I also can. You know, like it's it's the way if you do a broken one hundred, and you do this super fast time, and you're so excited. That's how I feel when I do an 8K set and I absolutely nail it. Mm. And then obviously there are times that you don't and it sucks and you're like, why the hell did I just put myself through that? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like I just, I know what the end result's going to be and I know where we're going with it. And I just, I, that makes me excited in itself. And I'm sitting here like, yes, like I'm so excited just to go train because I'm just, you know, I just know, I know where the goal is and I know that I'm getting closer and closer to hitting that. Um, but yeah, like I, oh, I, just, I go somewhere else. Like I don't even remember half the sets cause I'm just kind of really in the zone and I'm just like, wait, what did I just do? Like <laughs> I go home and I forget, you know, what I'm writing down in my logbook. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I just did. Like, you know, yeah. what was the warm up? Yeah. Cause I, I just get so absorbed into, into the session and into what we're doing. And I know exactly what times I need to hit. I know where I, you know, where I need to turn with 200 to go off a, you know, off a pace clock. Like I know, I know to the T exactly what time I go, you know, it's, it, yeah. You just get really absorbed into what you're doing. Within that, what are some of the toughest sets you've done? Do you, do you have a memory <laughs> of like those ones that nearly killed you? 
Yes, 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 yes. So probably my earliest one, I was about, again, 13, 14, short course pool, 100 hundreds on 115, I believe. And that was the night before we flew to Barcelona. And the idea behind that was to get more sleep on the plane because I should have been tired. Mm. Guess what? I was not. I was super excited. <laughs> I sleep for two days. <laughs> and then my shoes got tied together by a great guy named Jared Port. So thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I remember that. But also, no, I've done some awesome sets. Um, one of my favorites, I had to, actually, I've got two. So we did these at Kiwana. They were so much fun. <laughs> my type of fun, but we'd yeah. suit up for it. My first one was a 5K um, under an hour. Um, so it was like on 60, so 60 mm-hmm. minutes and I'd go, you know, 59. Oh, so I'd get like a minute rest and then we'd come in, we'd do three fifteen hundreds descend. So, you know, for me, like so it was a race, uh, race specific session. So I'd do, you know, 17, 15, 17 minutes, 16, 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd do a 500 effort at the end, max effort, see what you got to, you know, mimic what, the final 500 would be and I'd go like 520 or 525 or something. It was just some of the stuff. It was so fast. And that's something I try and explain to everyone is just, you know, it it, it excites me doing that sort of stuff because it's just so bloody fast. I can't even do that in a race anymore. (laughs) Like I haven't gone 1645 in like three years. Like I haven't done that. Last time I did it was in that session, you know, (laughs) like just unreal. Mm. Um, And then one of the others I loved, we, um, stole this off a France coach actually. And we did, uh, 10 fours, 10 threes, 10 twos, 10 ones. So it was 10 K and the 400s were on 115 base. So it was a uh, five minutes. Then we'd go straight into, um, 10 threes on 340, 10 twos on 225, 10 ones on 110. And sometimes if we're lucky, those time, uh, those hundreds that actually be timed like F best effort, like best yeah. average nuts absolutely nuts and like there was times where i'd go you know 101 102 average on those at the end of 9k you know Mm. it was just unbelievable some of the stuff that we did but you know that's also the sort of stuff you know that grinding work that excited me because i just felt so fit i felt fast i felt strong i felt so good you know it's amazing. What about the flip side of that, though, because definitely one thing that comes with not just open water swimmers, I don't want to put it on the distance, guys, but comes with overtraining is, yeah. is the downside of it of, you know, your body sort of saying to you, you need to have a rest. Yeah. Have you gone through anything like that, illnesses, injuries, things like that? Yeah. So um, 2019, I came back from World Championships and I had a month off. I, you know, I just needed that month break. No, it was 20, was it? No, 2018, sorry. It was 2018 uh, packs. And I came back and I just had a break and I had a month off. I trained hard that whole year. So it was time for me to have a rest. And normally after that major meet, we do have a rest just to, just to let the body relax, mind relax so we can get ready. Um, and I came back for about two weeks and then I ended up in hospital with a kidney infection. And I was only meant to stay for one night and I ended up staying for a week and I collapsed um, on the floor at 2 a.m. and ended up in recess for uh, like three or four hours and mm. ended up in ICU for like four days and then I was out, of, um, out into the ward after that. So I was in hospital for about a week and, you know, that was very stressful. Like hospital wasn't too far away for me, but also, you know, I felt so alone. Like I didn't, you know, mum and dad had come see me, my siblings had come see me, but you know, there was just no one staying there. You know, it was just, it was weird. It was weird just being on my own and just kind of sitting there with my, with, with my thoughts. And mm. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, and I'm, you know, thinking all these things and I'd already had been considering actually quitting. Like, you know, I was kind of like, you know, is swimming really where it's going to be like can I actually make another Olympics can I make another team like I'm just I'm not really sure if I love it um I didn't really know what to do and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like what am I doing so I get out I did uh another three weeks of rest because that's what the doctor said (laughs) and then I trained for a week with Seiji at 
Kiwana and I remember coming in the next week on a Monday morning. I'd just come back from Brisbane. I was with my partner um, and we were discussing, you know, what would happen if we just moved in together. Um, and, you know, long, long story short, Monday morning I went training and I did the right thing and I went up and said, look, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. We've done some amazing things. It's time for me to move on. Um, you know, I need to define myself as a person. And I think that's a really big thing. Like I did, you know, coming to an identity of what you are and I, yeah, I decided it was just time for me to move. So I moved out of home that day. I went home and nine o'clock I was in my car driving to Brisbane and I was training at Yoronga that afternoon, like just nuts. And it was just like, not necessarily a spur of the moment, but just, you know, that life event for me, although it may not have, it may not be so scary to some people, to me, it really hit home. Like, you know, is swimming be all to end all? What am I going to do with my career? Like it started making me question a lot of different things. And I just went, I need to, I need to move on. Like, you know, not necessarily that anything was bad at home, but I just, you know, knew it was just time for me to go. It was just time to find who I am. Mm. Well, as we mentioned before, mate, I think you've struck, struck that balance now. You seem uh, as happy and as healthy, um, both physically and mentally, as, as I've ever seen you. Talk to me about Rob, though. Rob Van Der Zandt, Olympian in his own right. Um, yeah. You know, how's it been training with him? And, and what lessons have you learned from him? Obviously, you know, we already talked about the, the dropping kilometres and the different yeah. sort of philosophies. Yeah. No, it's very different. I've come from coaches that are all about, you know, the kilometers grinding, you know, absolutely smashing it. And Rob's, you know, like that to a certain degree as well, but he's also about the person, not necessarily about, you know, what you're doing in the pool. Of course it is about what you're doing, but you know, it it was just, just a different way of looking at it going, you know, what are you doing outside the pool, Chelsea? And I'm like, nothing. Like I (laughs) I dropped out of uni for like a whole year, like nothing. (laughs) are you working? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What do you go home and do? Sleep all day? Yeah. Well, Rob, uh, Rob's just like, you know, go do something with your life. I'm mm. like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what exactly do I do? He goes, well, yeah. go, go to uni. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I'm looking through the catalog going, what do I do? But no, like he's awesome. Like he's very supportive in everything that I do. Like his philosophies are a little bit different. He's happy for a, um, you know, if I want to go up the coast for a long weekend, Friday to Monday, he, he won't hesitate. He'll say, yeah, go up, go say hello to Sagey, go have a train, I'll uh, go have a training session over there. Mm. Like he's very, very loose ended with what he wants. He'll write a session on the board. It'll say choice. And for six months, I was like, what do you want me to do, Rob? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what to do. And he's like, yeah, just see how you feel. Like, you know, y- your choice. And I'm like, just tell me what to do like I don't know (laughs) I'll just go really really hard he goes no like think about it and I'm like I can't like I don't know like like, it's always been prescribed for me but this time I had to you know I I have that little bit of freedom as to what I can do and you know it taught me to listen to my body um you know if I was working all day and I'd come in and you know if I wasn't feeling set it's not that you know, just swim through it, you'll be okay. And then be in a hole for three days. It's, oh, you know, you're not feeling too good. Okay. Why don't you just put a pool boy in and focus on some technique today? Or, you know, just that little bit of a different, um, different thought process as to how to train. So I think that was probably the big thing I took away was just, you know, I can have that freedom and, you know, I'm still going to get just as much out of a session and I'm not going to, you know, sell myself short. Like, of course, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm not going to take the easy way out. But if I'm just not there that day, even if it's mentally just not there, just Rob, I don't feel like being here. It's not going to be a case of, well, you know, too bad. It's more of a, okay, well, what can we do to, you know, still get these laps in or, you know, even just get half the set in, mm. you know? So that, that, that part was really, really cool. Hey, stepping away from the pool and the ocean for a little bit, what, what do you get up to yeah. when you're not going up and down the black line? What do you enjoy? Obviously, you've got your puppy, you've got um, uni and stuff like that. What do you enjoy to do? Yeah, so I, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but I'm actually, like, I do play a little bit of games. I'm a gamer, sort mm-hmm. of. I wouldn't call myself like a gamer because, you know, PC people would get really mad at me. Um, but I've got my Switch Um, and I'm very much online with Pokemon. Pokemon's my big game that I love to play. 
bit of a nerd, I know. <laughs> But anyway, no, I, you're right, mate. A lot of gamers listen to this show, and I always, I always ask questions about, you know, what games do you play, especially to a lot of the boys, because not always are the girls um, as excited. But I have no idea. I've got yeah. an Xbox, and I use it for DVD, so I've got no <laughs> idea about games. But I know <laughs> that you know people listening do. So you're definitely talking to the right people. It's just not specifically oh, me. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. No. So I, I do have my Switch. I have a few games that I play on there, and. Um, on my phone, I play Pokemon Go. So I know it's like outdated four years ago, mm. but I love the game. My partner loves the game. We do yeah. adventures together all the time. We walk around, we're spinning, we're looking down at our phones. <laughs> Everyone probably looks at us weird because, you know, yeah. we're not actually interacting or holding hands or doing what <laughs> couple would do. We're just in our face with our phone, you know. So, you know, it, it, it's nice. And the funny thing is, like, Rob plays the game as well. Yep. Um, and um, Kate, Kate Irvine, who's... um the assistant coach there as well. They play the game yeah. actually more so than I do probably. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're pretty fanatic at the pool. A lot of the swimmers play as well. So it's a pretty big thing. And that's how I actually got back into Pokemon Go was through my, through my swimming family. So, mm. but, um, you know, my partner plays on the PC, on the computer. So he plays um, a few games on there as well with his friends. And that's how he keeps in contact with a lot of his school friends. So, yeah. You know, it, it's it's just nice just to, you know, I guess have that little escape, even though it is a bit weird or, you know, it's not necessarily achieving anything, but, you know, it, it's just something that keeps me away from life and reality. Yeah, switch <laughs> off from reality. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we all need that. Like we all do it in some way. Some people watch yeah. the Kardashians and that's their way of just having like mindless entertainment yeah. and they realize it's ridiculous stuff they're watching, but it's, okay. it's to serve a purpose. Yeah, 100%. Mate, talk no. to me about post-swimming. So obviously I don't think you're there yet. And in talking yeah. to you, I can see that you've still got a big fire in the belly to, to keep going and there's still many goals to achieve. But definitely, you know, you're at a point in your life now where you can start having one eye on where you're headed. I know you go to uni. So where do you see yourself heading down? Yeah, like it's been hard. Like I don't actually know the answer to that because I've started a lot of different degrees. I've I've done a bachelor, a bachelor in business and then I quit after a year and a half and then I did yeah. psychology and I got to the second year and went, nah. And like, I just, I can never be like on something for as long as a three or four years without just going, nah, I don't feel like this now. Um, but no, at the moment I'm doing a bachelor of exercise and nutrition science at University of Queensland. And so far that's been quite fun because it's tackling two things that I really like. I love exercise and like how that works and relates to the body. And I love the nutrition stuff as well. And I'm actually leaning towards nutrition at the moment. I quite like the idea of, you know, knowing what to put in your body, how that's going to affect your body, you know, in all different aspects. So yeah, that's something that I'm looking at, but I don't know. Like I, I've done my learn to swim. So I do a lot of teaching as well. Yeah. So I teach swimming. I um, will be a bronze coach teacher. So I'm going to teach kids that, you know, have come from a learn to swim program who are just starting squad. That's my new How do you goal. go with teaching with the little kids when they don't want to listen? Do you say, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> I'm an I've, been, I've been to the Olympics. So <laughs> yeah. you just shut your little pie hole and do exactly as I say. <laughs> sometimes. No, sometimes you have to. I've done that a lot with more my school swimming. So yeah. when I teach sometimes for school, I go, okay, let's sit down. First of all, <laughs> I am an Olympian and you will yeah. see. But yeah. I, it, it's that combination of being fun and, you know, letting them have an inch, but also knowing when to stop mm -hmm. and knowing when it is time to listen and to get it right. Um, and I think I've got that. I've got a pretty good personality with children. I can um, get them excited about swimming and, you know, teach them a thing or two. And it, for me, it's a little bit hard because I know what I was like at eight. And, you know, a lot of these kids are not up to that standard that I was. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like I, I was an absolute freak of a child. Like, of yeah. course, of course I was, you know, going to be, want to know like a shining star kind of thing as a junior, you know, like I was a big girl and just real strong and powerful. And some of these kids coming through at eight are just, you know, like twig, like yeah. twig, like just real skinny. And 
I'm just like, wow, like you just get, you get so many different kids that come through and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And I, I do, I do enjoy that aspect. So I'm really excited to start doing a little bit more on pool deck. Um, but also it, it has to work within the swimming regime as well. So, you know, just working out that balance. I haven't started that yet, but working out that balance where I can do both and still get the most out of my swimming and get the most out of the children as well. Cause they're obviously the future. We want to work on that grassroots program. So yeah, no, it, it, it'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So awesome, mate, I think it's always good when, um, you know, Aussie athletes sort of give back and uh, oh, start sure. giving in and, and, you know, teaching the younger guys and not always for their own benefits. I know you get a little bit of money for work and stuff like that, but I'm mm-hmm. assuming much the same as myself. And I, I bet Rob would be the same. You get a lot more out of it you know, personally rather than money, you know, I, yeah. I've 20 years I've been coaching and I can assure you I'm not in a great place financially, but <laughs> if I look back on the memories of coaching, you know, I'm very rich. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's so exciting. And, um, you know, the kids you meet, the places they get to go and, you know, you're doing it for them. It's not for your own benefit. And that's yeah. just so exciting. Just to be able to help someone in a life skill. This is something that, everyone needs to learn swimming is such a fundamental thing in life um so it's exciting when kids show an interest in swimming and want to keep pursuing that because it is such a tough sport you know so you know the kids got to be quite tough and resilient to continue and you know yeah i'm just i'm so excited and grateful to have the opportunity to give that give back in that little bit of a way it's awesome absolutely now mate Mm. i like to finish all of our chats and I know you've got to get out of here soon because you're probably looking at that clock going, I've got a train, Rob's going to be into me. So the last <laughs> few questions are all just about, you know, your favorite things might be music, movies, all that sort of stuff. So it just gives us a little okay. insight into, you know, what you like away from the pool. So what sort of music, yeah, what sort of music do you like? What's your favorite music? Okay. Uh, my favorite band is Five Seconds of Summer. So yeah, a bit of a fangirl over here, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. It's nothing. I mean, we've had all sorts of people come up I with bet. stuff on. I bet. <laughs> what about favorite movies? What, you don't have to have one. What about a couple? Oh gosh. I haven't watched a movie in ages. Too busy um, gaming, love- chasing Pokemon. I love the Rocky movies. Yep. All of them. I'm a Rocky fan. About and Creed. I think- Creed is what Creed's okay. Creed's okay. good, but Ro- the Rocky series are probably my favorite. Rocky Four, especially, I yeah. love that. I I actually used to watch that before competition, every time. That was one of my superstitions before when I was younger. What about a favorite meal? Oh, I love pasta. Any like I made a chicken Alfredo the other day, yeah, and it was bo- it was so good. It was. <laughs> Mate, you've been to um, so many countries, you know, given mm. open, open water swimming, especially I find you guys get to just go to the best countries in the world. What are some yeah. of your favorites? Oh, well, like you say, all of them are great. We get to see so much of the landscape, you know, we're not just looking at a pool and then going to our hotel room and looking at yeah. a wall. Like we're looking at the ocean and some beautiful parts of the world. So I'd have to say, when I went to Italy in 2014, that was probably a massive one. Really cool. A big bucket list tick. So many things we saw. We did a whole tour, like a day going around the, the city in Rome. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Hawaii was another one that was unexpected. Um, that was a Pampax switcheroo. We went, yeah. we were meant to be at the Gold Coast in 2014. And then all of a sudden it got cancelled when we flew to Hawaii and <laughs> that was a great time. We had a good time. We all stopped and saw the turtles at the bottom, you know, mid race. So yeah. it, it was just really exciting, but yeah, oh, just, just there's so many places I've been and I just, I can't even name them all. They're just all great. Portugal I've been to three times and that's mm. another big one that I really love to swim in. It's cold. I love the cold water. How cold is it? So my wife's Portuguese and on our honeymoon, I decided we're going to go with, I took her back. Not that she was born there, but it did like yeah, a yeah. reunion. I took her back to Portugal. So cold in the water, but it was so beautiful. I had to get in. So we were down at Lagos, um, yeah. so down the Algarve and all the little caves and stuff you can swim through. Yeah. And we we're on the beach and we walked up and we put our feet in and we're like, Oh, that's so cold. But we're like, come on, we've got to get in. We yeah. never be here again like you have to swim but how oh, cold is it? 
Yeah, so we have a um a temperature gauge. So it has to be has to be between sixteen and thirty one. But nowadays, anything under eighteen, you have to wear a wetsuit. And when that wasn't in store, we were swimming in Portugal, and it was sixteen degrees, or so they said. It was yeah. definitely colder than that. So cold. It, we swam in Setchabal. I've swum there three times and only once have I worn a wetsuit there. I prefer no wetsuit anyway, but it is so cold. <laughs> well, you're tougher than me. I didn't last very long. We got out. We went through a little cave and I was like, that's it. I've had my cave experience. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> that's so Wait, What about TV shows to binge watch? Oh, that's a good one. Um I haven't really watched a TV series for a while. Like I used to be a massive fan of Pretty Little Liars yeah. and I, I watched that back the other day and I went, oh, what a cringe show. <laughs> so like I actually haven't watched anything interesting. Like yeah. so I've got to go through my Netflix and have a look and see what's next because I'm just, I don't even, I don't even look anymore. Got to go through the PlayStation and have a look because yeah, yeah, we haven't looked up through there. Well, if you need any any tips, mate, don't ask me because I'm hopeless. But listen uh, to a few of the podcasts because a lot of the, the I will have some, yeah, have some great tips at the end. Um, what about, mate? Favorite quotes? You've had a few. Obviously, you've had some coaches. You would have been on teams, yeah. and you would have had head coaches on those teams. Any quotes that someone said that you you know, took to heart? Yeah. Well, one that my dad always said was, "It's uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog." And that always stuck with me. And he used to say that when I was like eight years old because I was, I was not necessarily the biggest kid, but I was definitely the strongest kid. Um, yeah. But, um, and as I got older, like I'm, I'm only what, just over 160 centimetres tall. So I, I'm, you know, I'm average height, I guess, but still like I'm racing people that are real tall, you know, they're six foot plus and yeah. some of them are. Some of them are, you know, still taller than me. So, yeah, we always said size of the fight and the dog, you know. It's really important to have that mongrel. And I think that's where it came from was just knowing that I can still take these girls. Like there was no there was no issue. That was probably my biggest one, really. One resonated with you. Yeah. <laughs> now, mate, I think that's a perfect uh, time to wrap it up. As I said, I know you've got to get out of here. Thank you very much for coming on for a chat. I know you're back into the swing of things and you've got all sorts of stuff going on with your puppy and your and your, your work and your training yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So thank you for taking the time to come on, mate. Um, as I said, congratulations on, you know, just the place that you've gotten yourself at the moment from an outsider. I don't, this is the first time we've ever had a chat, but I can yeah. tell you're a happy person. You're, you're enjoying yourself. You're enjoying the, the place where you're at and um, more power to you, mate. Thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an no absolute honour and, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what the future brings for you and your hey, put it on your resume now. You can put it on the resume. Off the block swimming <laughs> podcast guest. This is a great idea. <laughs> Send through, I'll be a reference. I said, mate, shoot, it's fantastic. Of course. No, thank you so much. <laughs> really been awesome. No worries, mate. Thank you very much. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by Nico and our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. A huge week of interviews still to come this week with many, many more inspiring women coming your way here on the podcast. They're ready to share their story, so do not miss a minute of the action. Until tomorrow, guys, be kind to one another, keep smiling, and it's bye for now. <laughs>